0: Welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I am your host, Billund On this podcast, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come and share their life and career journeys with you. From entrepreneurs to nine to fivers, join us as each guest takes you through all of the highs and all of the lows of their journeys that have led them to being who they are today. Hey, Brigade, and welcome to another episode of she Brigade. Before we dive into today's episode, remember to share the episode with a friend, rate and review us, and sign up to our newsletter for all the latest updates. Today's guest is Sheila Yabo. Sheila is a business strategist and venture builder. She's particularly interested in human behavior science and how it intersects with the world of business. She has a Bachelor of Social Science in Social Anthropology and Gender Studies, as well as a postgraduate diploma in Management Practice, among many qualifications. Sheila is currently the Program Manager for the Solution Space at UCT's Graduate School of Business. Today, we discussed all the challenges that she had to overcome to get to where she is today and what people starting business ventures need to consider. We also talk about the intersection of human behavior with business and entrepreneurship. Let's dive in. Hi, Sheila. Welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank you so much, Pilu, and uh, thank you for for having
0: me. Uh, I'm so excited to get into your story and your journey. So on this podcast, we like to start all the way from the beginning. So take us all the way back to what it was like growing up for you, you as a child you you in in primary school in high school as well
1: <laughs> yeah i I haven't gone that back in in a while so <laughs> so i'm sheila i I was born in Bumalanga spent my formative years there until I was about i think seven years old and that's when my parents separated and we moved to the Eastern Cape. So my my dad is a uh, pedi from um, Pumalanga, a little rural area called notlelo and um, my mom is from the Eastern Cape in in Alice. So when the parents okay. separated, naturally we went back to the maternal side of the family. Uh, stayed with my grand for quite a. A few years. Um, My mom was very young when she got married. I think she was 17 when she had my brother and then she had me at 19. Um, So I think things didn't work out. So we went back and um, literally her family helped her raise us. It was three of us. My brother is a year older than me and my sister is six years younger. Um, so I spent a few years of my my young life in the Eastern Cape. Went to a primary school there, uh, and then moved to Cape Town. So literally, there was three of us. I think my mom, uh, <laughs> when when she divorced, um, she she went back to living her life. Literally, that's how it felt like. And her her older siblings <laughs> had to to take care of us. So my other uncle took my my brother, my other uncle took me, and my grand took my my sister. She was quite young then. Um, and then in 1999, I think that was the year when I moved to, to Cape Town to stay with my mom's older brother. And I've been in Cape Town since then. I think I was in grade six. I can't remember, I think grade six went to a township primary school did my high school in um Oscar High School in in Nyanga Cape Town uh, that is where I I grew up that is where I spent most of my my young and teenage life um and growing up it was tough it was really tough um yeah. I think now that I go back just just being separated from, from your parents, coming to a new city, having to navigate that, a new environment, new friends, hectic environment also, because Nyanga is quite hectic. It's not a child friendly place by any chance, but here I am, survived all of that. Um yeah, that mm-hmm. that that's what I can <laughs> think of as as a, as a young person.
0: Wow. Okay. So, what did you think you were going to be when you were young, and what did you want to become?
1: Very interesting. So, I I, I come for, from like a very poor family, and I remember all I wanted to do was to work, and I I didn't care. Where I worked, I, I did, never had, um, you know when you're being asked what do you want to be and you say like a doctor, a teacher mm. or whatever, I never had that. I just wanted to work. And I remember the, there's a lady that came to our school in metric. I, I was one of those top performing students in, in high school. And I think education actually is what saved me. I, was, I, I loved going to school. School felt like a safe safe space for me. I would actually get stressed and very anxious when it was holidays, because then you have to be at home. You also have to be outside, and I just never liked the the environment. But when I was at school, I think I was at my best, and I felt I felt safe. Um, I I I actually never I I never had a title in my head or a profession where I, I I said, this is what I want to be. Mm. And I just said, now, in trick I remember there's a lady that came to do research. I don't know if it was for her masters or whatever. And she was uh, like, you are very uh, intelligent, you know, top, top performer in your school. What do you want to do? And I remember saying, you know what? I don't care. I, um, I'm i going to be a, a cashier at ShopRite. That's what I said because i'm i'm just tired of um growing up in in poverty so i i didn't have like that big thinking uh dreaming of a bigger world i i just wanted to survive
0: that that was yeah. me that's so interesting because i think that's the reality for so many south africans um mm-hmm. and just in general young i would say black females not just in south africa as well because um, um. sorry what's also interesting is that you know on one of the previous episodes I interviewed this young lady who works at Facebook and she says she never ever ever considered that she could ever work for Facebook until she moved to a country where she she could see the building that's when she realized mm. oh wait I can actually become that but because so many of us uh, don't have proximity to certain things what we, we 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 are limited in in knowing what we can actually become
1: so true, and and I yes. think my my break in terms of that thinking came when I became involved in in, in extramural activities at school, and there was an organization called SAEPS, the South African Education and Environment Project. It was one of those NGOs that go to township schools to do exactly that to expose us to more things. I think my my. My um way of thinking only changed through that organization um if I can relate it to what you are saying that we are not exposed to the possibilities of what we can become and and naturally as a child, you mirror your own life based on what you are exposed to and what you see yes. so so I remember one day they actually took us to u c t uh like for a tour to see how it is and um you know and, and that is when i'm like okay this this could work literally like okay we can try but I, I i don't know how how this is going to be um but i think if if i go back now uh, it, it's education that that saved me from a lot of things and through that organization i was able to see what other people are doing and that you know there's a possibility that you can go and study at uct and become mm. whatever you want to be, literally.
0: Mm. No, such, such, such organizations are so important. So you studied your Bachelor of Social Science in Social Anthropology and Gender Studies. Yes. Number one, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I think a lot of us would say, what does that mean? Number two, why did you choose that? And Interestingly,
1: how did you end up I I I I changed to that in second semester. So I got accepted at UCT. I was very good in accounting. So I, I wanted to do accounting, but then it was just daunting for, for me. I didn't even register for for that. Um, And my other passion was storytelling and filmmaking. So I was accepted Ah. for a a Bachelor of Social Sciences in um, um, Film and Media Studies. I did that for the first semester. I was like, no, this is not what we agreed on. This is not what I signed up on because it was a lot of historical theory behind the making of TV, black and white TV. I'm like, no, I want to make TV. I want cameras and all of that. And it wasn't that. (laughs) Um, so, So I dropped that major. And then I happened to do... It's interesting, actually, that both my majors, gender studies and social anthropology, I got exposed to as um, as uh, electives. You know, you you do your core core curriculum with your core courses, and then you need to do extra courses to get mm-hmm. credits to complete yes. your degree. So I did uh, gender studies one hundred and one, an introduction to gender studies, and also social anthropology, and I really loved it. Um, So social anthropology is basically the study of, um, you know, human behavior. And I think in the context of communities, cultures, understanding how, why people show up in in the world the way they do and uh, understanding how uh, uh, um, respective communities make sense of whatever is happening around them um there's different fields within anthropology you can have uh, social anthropology uh, medical anthropology which which uh, makes sense of how people understand illnesses from different cultures and different um, backgrounds and then gender studies just exposes you to you know what how society um works Works in the in the frame of 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 gender, so understanding uh, phenomenas or or uh, you know occurrences based on on a gender lens and trying to understand how uh, taking on a a a certain gender as an identity uh, impacts how you show up in the world and how you relate to to environment. So it is really all of it is just understanding human behavior and how different people in different societies show up differently and actually interact with the world in a, in a different way. I I really enjoyed it. I think I also enjoyed writing. I love writing, and I um, actually love. <laughs> academic writing so when my friends are studying they always send academic papers to me to to edit (laughs) yes that is my (laughs) other passion um i just love love doing it so those two uh, majors were not intentional but i think it it happened the way it was supposed to be where you go i think many of us when you go to varsity you might know what you want to do but you are not sure um, and a lot of us actually change, um, but I really, really fell in love with, uh, particularly social anthropology and gender studies, and I think in the future I might continue with uh, medical anthropology. That's what interests oh, wow. me now, um, but I'm like that. I I have too many things that I want to do. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, and and right now you you're in a space where You help to basically um, design and deliver entrepreneurship programs. How did you end up here? From someone who studied um, human behavior and the science of humans, basically, (laughs) Um, how did you end up in the world of business and merging the two? Yeah. So
1: I remember whenever we would do presentations and, you know, I speak to my friends who are doing ecos, what, what, accounting, what, what. I'm like, there's such a disconnect here. When we speak about business, we always take out the human part of it. And for me, it, it, it was always fascinating because how do you take out the essence of what business is actually? Because business is there to serve human needs. um, Whether it's a product that you are rolling out in the market uh, or it's, it's a service, your end users are always people. But when we speak about, um, you know, business, even business units, we tend not to prioritize the human part of it. So I was always interested in how, you know, the two intersect: uh, business and community, and and that being people. Um, and um, after graduating in 2011, I got a job at Student Records at at UCT, and. I used to interact with business students, and I always made sure I asked questions on what did you study, what was your degree about, and I was always interested in the what felt to me like the missing middle or where these two connect, and I would meet students from the GSB, the Graduate School of Business, and that sparked an interest for me to say, you know what, you are interested in business, how how can you make these two worlds work for you and understand both um so i remember the other time uh took a taxi wasn't driving then went to the business school went to ask about courses that they they offer so the business school is um the the main campus is in Rondebosch and then it's like it's probably 5 kilometers drive from there to the business school so the business school campus is separate um god they spoke to the director then of admissions and i said you know, i i never studied business but i was good in accounting and maths in 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 high school i got a in accounting now i want to continue with that but necessarily not necessarily just accounting but, you know, business and learning different elements of business. And he said, oh, you can do this. There was a, a qualification called the Associated Management. It was an entry-level uh, business management qualification. Mm. And I started with that. And my confidence in the world of business shot up. I was like, oh, mm. now I understand when these people say uh, ROI, because I used to sit in meetings. I'm like, what is ROI? What is like... <laughs> What are you guys talking about? And I lo- I never looked back. That's how I ended up. So I ended up doing a the associated management, and then I did the postgraduate diploma in management studies, uh, uh, management practice, and, and um, specializing in business administration. And after that, I remember I was speaking to someone and saying, you know what, I'm done now with higher education. Um, I want to go and work for a corporate, but I want to make sure that the role that I get has to do with both people in business. So I was like, oh, I'll probably be a CSR something lead, you know, um, in in some creative department. But I wasn't sure of what that would look like. And then... Um, just as when I was being intentional about applying for for jobs I the solution space where I now work were recruiting for a program coordinator and it was such a great fit for what I wanted to do because it would be both communities and business startups technology everything I didn't know anything about all of those things all I had was the the qualifications um, but luckily, I had some some uh, program coordination experience, so I got that role, and I never looked back. So, so everything just worked worked, I guess. In in the yeah. in the end, where I could use both both of, both of the the qualifications that that I had, and just the passion to be in this space.
0: Okay, so take us through at a typical day in your life looks like
1: <laughs> yo uh so i'm also a mother to a nine-year-old he's turning mm. 10 in november can't believe he's turning 10 already <laughs> my God. um and so my typical day would be waking up at 6 a.m um, getting Akanya ready for school. I also try and do some affirmations in the morning. If it's not five minutes or ten minutes of meditation, because I do get quite. I get uh, my. I, I, I suffer from anxiety, and I've, I have in in quite a few years. So uh, meditation and just grounding myself in the morning is is what helps helps me cope so i try to do affirmations
0: um what 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 affirmations do you do you like to use if you don't mind sharing with us
1: um it's it's always around uh you know that i'm deserving to be alive god loves me um i'm great it's it's just because i i yo i doubt myself a lot a lot of people don't know that but i do Um, Just So just reminding myself of how great I am because I am great, but it's just never learning. I I never learned early to to just like fully own it and not be apologetic that I'm great at what I do. I'm a great mom. I try and do my best. Not a perfect mom, but I I, I really do my best. So just affirming those areas that I know that I'm not um, fully owning or, or fully comfortable uh, saying this is who I am. I am a deserving child of God. You know, I I walk with my ancestors that are of God everywhere I go. I am guarded. I am protected. Um, and, and sometimes it's literally just five sentences, but they really shape how my day becomes. And if I didn't, I, I panic. I, I panic. And so... Uh it, it's one thing that I'm really trying to commit to um, just with my uh, health and my mental health, prioritizing that. So I do affirmations, and then I run the path for Akanya, and then he wakes up, uh, <laughs> make breakfast, drop him off at school. Uh, like in the school, is school is not far, so driving to school, Come back home around 8, and then I start working. Normally, I start doing check ins with my team, um, like, How are you doing today? or chatting on Teams, say, Hey, how far are you? This, with this, how are you doing? And then it's just a ton of meetings with everyone. Uh, and then I try to block off to do real work. Because I feel like we're always answering emails, always answering this and that. <laughs> and then you don't get to the actual work. You don't. <laughs> you don't. <Yes. laughs> so now I, I block off time where if there's an area or something that I need to deliver on, I work on that. Um, but my team knows that I'm available um, whenever they, they, uh, they need me. Uh, And then sometimes I'm like, I'm only available if someone is dying, only if someone is dying. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, And and then I stop working around 4.30 or 5. Um, Normally in a week, I'll have two or three calls that are related to everything else that I do outside of my role, um, my formal role. So maybe a networking call with someone, a lady who's trying to, st- I, I get a lot of DMs and um, connections from women that are trying to start businesses. Recently, someone, an ex said, I want to leave my job. How do you navigate this? So, um, yeah, so just engaging on that or engaging mm. on with other women that I I also keep contact with just to keep myself going and surround myself with other people that are navigating the same things that I go through. And then it's dinner. And then maybe a bit of reading or again listening to something to calm me down for the day.
0: Uh, And then it's sleep. That's (laughs) how my day goes. Okay. And, and I'm interested in what you said about, you know, maybe like the networking side and all of that, because um, um, you have experience in new venture launch and support, right? So, yeah. so what would you say to someone listening today who wants to start a new venture and wants to launch something like what three tips would you give them?
1: First one, biggest one, is just to start. And starting doesn't mean that you are going big. Starting can literally be waking up. I do it a lot. I have so many ideas. Waking up, taking that idea, putting it down on paper, taking a tool. There's a lot of tools online that you can use to just unpack your idea. So write down. First thing for me is always, why did I think of that idea? So what particular problem have I identified that I want to solve? And then you just write the solution. So this is how I'm wanting to solve it. And that is, that is for me always the basic, uh-huh. just doing that. Um, and then, of course, going deeper into researching that market that you're wanting to go into having as much information as you can have uh, about the problem, the solution, your competitors and how you will be different and everything else will fall into place based on the foundation that you lay. Number two is also just to network. So talk to uh, talk to people um, that are running businesses, other founders, um, other people that are part of startups to just understand how they're navigating the journey because it, it can be quite tough. And then before you go, number three would probably, before you decide that now uh, this is worth my time, this is worth my resources, um, validate that idea. And and once again, there's, uh, there's tools that you can use to help you validate that this, this thing is real. Because entrepreneurship is very subjective. Just because you went through an issue and you're wanting to solve it, a lot of us think that... They they there are also other people who are going to buy that. It's not necessarily the case. I've done it before where I was starting another venture and I couldn't find like boutique marketing and comms branding thing for small businesses. I don't even know what to call it now. And I went on and I built a website. I did branding i changed my my email signature I'm like i'm ceo of xyz now this is what i offer and then i speak to a few friends that also have small businesses and then i discovered that actually no ma'am this is not what people are looking for i mean it, it's close to there but you need to do a bit more research mm. and and that, that was because i assumed that because i went through that problem then every, everyone else is going through the same thing and therefore this is worth me paying for a maintenance website maintenance fee 12 months where actually the (laughs) website was dead i killed the website i'm like this is not gonna work and this guy said oh sorry ma'am when you signed we said it's 12 months so you are locked into yes (laughs) And I paid for full 12 months. And I remembered I actually put an alarm for the last day because if I didn't cancel it for the last day, then I would still need to pay month on month. But like I read the contract to the T because, uh, yeah, that was a slap on, on my face. So a lot of us do that where you assume. That this this is worth it. All oh, my girls are going to buy this because I need it. And you like, no, this is just you and your friend Sheila. This is not worth <laughs> worth um in investing in. So the, those would be the top three for for me.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, that's true because uh, like starting and scaling a business is very different, like there's, there's many ways to solve a problem and it's not always necessarily a business. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I also I think,
1: it. I think also sometimes just because you came up with your, a solution, you forget that yes, people are going through the same thing, but there's other ways that they are solving it. You know,
0: yes, it's,
1: that's what I discovered for me that it's not necessarily that the solutions are not there. They were just not tailored for small businesses, and I think if I took that view or that perspective that I'm different because I tailor to small businesses, probably I would have captured a few people. But I didn't mm. think, think of it that way.
0: Mm. Yeah. What is what is the the worst career advice you've ever received? Um,
1: that a nine to five is a waste of time. You are working for someone else building someone else
0: yo
1: i don't like say that. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the worst um for me and and for for a few years i actually believed that I'm like why am i still here i could be running this thing on my own mm. and all of that but it's not as easy as that and i feel that you can actually have a 9 to 5 and be very successful um but I learned, though, that in, in your role, you have to make the role work for you. I think a lot of us don't think about that. You are given a job description and you stick to that. Um, I think I'm thriving in what I'm doing now because I've literally created a role that makes sense for me and is adding value to me and my and my interest of working with with um, startups and, and entrepreneurs. Um, but no one told me that. Oh, you have to be very active in the ecosystem. It's not in my job description, but it's what it, it's what today adds so much value to to what I do. Um, so you can still have a nine to five, but it, it really depends on you to shape the the role into what you want it to be. Um, and of course, you need to to meet the basics of what the role is and what you are need you need to be delivering and, and all of that but if you are kick ass and you are delivering on your projects and you are doing interesting things no one is going to come to you and be like oh no this is not what we hired you for mm. because hello my numbers speak for themselves so if you tell me that <laughs> this is not what you hired me for um, then you know it means you don't want a, a thriving unit that's how I I see it. Um, if you do interesting or add interesting projects into what you do, you just have to back it up with data. Back it up that I'm, I've made this decision to add this because this is what the market needs, and no business is going to say no. We don't want that because yes. it would be something that is working for for them and for you.
0: Hmm. Definitely, one hundred percent. And okay so so please take us through what exactly it is that you do for 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 the entrepreneurship environment and for other small ventures
1: so uh, I, I currently am a, i'm a program manager for the solution space it's it's an ecosystem for early stage startups at the University of Cape Town so it's an environment where we encourage uh, students, alumni, and everyone in the ecosystem to um, solve uh, Africa's biggest problems, and we are very high on impact, so whatever you, want, you are working on needs to be creating impact. Uh, I can be delivering pro- products that were not necessarily accessible to unserved um, uh, communities uh, or, or customers or it can be impact that you are going to employ a lot of people. So there's going to be economic development and economic empowerment for people that need it the most. Um, So I currently head up that center. Uh, So in my role, I I design, co-design programs for for entrepreneurship. It could be for partners that are wanting to, to run entrepreneurship programs for their innovation units um, and also the core of what we do, which is the e program, which is meant to accelerate the launch and growth of of early stage startups. So my role is to making sure that that program is designed uh, to be a relevant program to what uh, startups in, in Africa need um that the resources that we provide are in fact what startups need the most um i also look after a a team they also look after me i have such a great team um so i work <laughs> with the team and then just on on the strategy of how do we take what we've done and and scale it i also love contributing to the ecosystem beyond my role. I think that's how we are going to to have an ecosystem that works. So I'm involved with other programs. So if there's someone running a, another program and they think I could add a dynamic or or value to, to their program, I, I love um, collaborating with other organizations in, in the same space. Because um, I think in the long run, we're all working towards one thing. And for me, it's not a matter of being seen as oh you are the only one that is is running a nice program and all of that. I think it's something that we should be working on as a collective. So I I collaborate quite a lot with with people. Recently I was, mm. um, you know, someone invited me to another university to to contribute to a series of webinars where. They are encouraging entrepreneurship, and and that's what I like. If it were if it was just about UCT, I would have said no. We're actually our competition, so I'm not gonna come yes, and, and do yes. this. But I accepted it because I think that's that's where the value is, where you share um, the know how. There are other people that are great in other things that I also like. I, I'm not great at, and I always leverage on those people to make sure that we are providing what. Um, small businesses and and early-stage start startups um, need. I, I also say that I'm also quite a dot connector, so I'm always connecting people. If I see someone that I think could collaborate with someone that or, a, or an organization that I have access to, I always say, oh, hey, do you know that so-and-so is working on a similar thing? I think you guys can add value to each other. Um, can I connect you? Um, same as um, VC's or funding for our program. We our program is fully funded by Ioba, which is part of the MTN Group. So um, entrepreneurs don't pay to be part of our program, and we don't yet take equity from from their startups. So we don't have our own fund where we invest, but we do pay for. Up to a hundred k of of services that like things that a a business would have needed to pay from mm. their own pocket, we we do support them with that. Um, that is so. That is a lot. Hey, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It is, and I think we are we are so blessed to have a partner that understands. Cause before we didn't do a lot of that, but uh, two years back we realized that. Yes, we could be providing this networking, um, masterclasses, and this community. But what entrepreneurs also need, especially from South Africa, such an a, uh, there's a high inequality, as, as you know. So a lot of people don't yeah. have access to the same things. I might have access to uh, 40,000 rands to build whatever prototype, but not necessarily everyone has access to that so what we proposed was that let's pay for for their branding and um ci package so that when they launch wow. people already know this is a brand so when you come into our program we pay you up with the it's an it's a an, an agency that would work on your branding pack and your ci so that you are developing that brand we pay for for that um we also pay up to fifty k for someone if you are building a platform or whatever, and you want to 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 build a functioning MVP or there's some um, integration that you need. We do allocate that. It's not a lot, but it's a lot to someone that doesn't have fifty k. Yes, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then um, sometimes we do need to pay industry-specific experts. Like if someone is building a a, a product in biotech because we don't have someone who is in, in, in that field, so we might need to connect you with someone. And some people pay for um, – we need to pay for their time. So we we'll pay for that. We pay for legal advisory um so, so once again, just realizing that you know not not every program that works in another context is going to work here there's There's other things that we are going to have to change um and to adapt according to what um our entrepreneurs need here mm. um so, I'm always doing that, of course, it's entrepreneurs, so I always try and get it for free first, so I would be. <laughs> Uh, get someone like, hey, are you able to help with this? But sometimes it's just not fair to expect people to be spending hours and hours in a week and we are not paying for 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 their time. So I think in terms of just being a program manager, I, I, I really love connecting people and and also just acknowledging the privilege that I have to be connected with people that might add value to other people. So if I know someone at an organization and i know that this startup has done a lot of work to prove that their product is ready um i'm always willing to to make that connection and also just to alleviate that stress of an entrepreneur walking on the street knocking on that door and trying to speak to that person when i sometimes i have them on whatsapp or i have them um in in my network it It takes also a lot of balance because I actually sometimes get some abuse from people <laughs> online. Yeah. It is someone someone called me a gatekeeper <laughs> on your <Twitter. laughs> yes, uh someone called me a gatekeeper i actually I'm processing it now because they wanted me to connect them to a funder, but I was like, uh, but I think there's still things for you to do before you even think of raising funds. And that person called me a gatekeeper. Um, and it's it's I guess it's it's managing that and just being okay with that. Sometimes people will misunderstand you or they won't understand. Imagine if I'm connecting, I have maybe a, a contact at an organization that is for growth of startups, and then I'm sending everyone, even though other people haven't done the the basic work that they need to do, then that means I'm jeopardizing the opportunity for people that are ready to receive those Mm. um, resources.
0: So, but I love doing it and I will continue doing it. No, the work you're doing is so important, especially in South Africa's context, because access to resources, I think is one of the biggest um, obstacles that, that young people face, that entrepreneurs face. Um you know and what you're doing is literally giving some people opportunities that they may not ever come across. Um yeah. and I think it's yeah. a beautiful thing. I think it's incredible work that you do.
1: Yeah. So what has and, been and what I, has been yes. No, I, I was just going to say that I, I on top of that outside of the business world I also just mentor women and mentorship it's not like formalized thing but I have women that reach out for me for specific things. Sometimes it's personal things. And I love doing that or spotting someone that is very talented but people don't know about. Um, so I, I I always try to give people a chance because I think I wouldn't also be here if someone didn't give me a chance yes. to,
0: to try something that I didn't know then. Absolutely. So what have, what has been the highlights and lowlights, especially of your journey? Um, oh, this is always a tough
1: one. I, my my best <laughs> friend always talks to me about how I never, you know, take a pause to celebrate all of my milestones because the reality is that I haven't had it easy. But people see. Sheila now speaking all over the place and they think it has always been easy. So I think the low light was losing both of my parents and that's that's a personal one. So I lost my mom when I was 16 and then I lost my dad when I was 24 or 25. Um, so I always walk through life feeling that I I got robbed of, of that um and interestingly it doesn't get better as or 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 easier as you grow it actually becomes harder because you're like I'm a grown-ass woman now but I want my mom (laughs) uh you know just wishing that you could share some of the things with Mm -hmm. your parents and, and they are not there um but I I think some of the highlights was just the strength that I I draw from that. So there was a year where I was very depressed. And if you were to ask me, Sheila, what's your name? Introduce yourself. So I always spoke about my loss. That's how difficult it was that year. And then I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Yes, it's it's painful. Um, but here you are surviving. So I... And thriving. I... I, I, I and thriving, and I don't want to call it victim mode because I think sometimes we underplay. We we need to give ourselves the space to grieve and just mm-hmm. experience negative emotions. That's why that's what I teach my son. So he's he's very comfortable saying, "I'm angry with you. I still love you, or my mom, but leave me alone. I'm angry with you." And that that's the space that I wish I had provided for for myself then. So that was like the lowest of of my life um the highest moments has been giving birth to my son I gave birth to my son when I was 23 and believe it or not he was planned and I remember speaking to my psychologist and him saying no Sheila you don't want a child because you are ready for a child you just want a child because you want to give him or her all of these things that you never received from your parents Uh, which is true um, but I, yeah. I never, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. In many ways, I think Akanya is what has saved me. Um, he is my best friend now. We fight a lot because he's very articulate <laughs> and he's very. He can hold down an argument, and he can make himself yeah. up. So the other day, I was actually saying to my friend, "You know what? I ended up apologizing because I just I do not have the energy. <laughs> I I want him to be that, but outside, don't do it on me." <laughs> so, um, but I'm very oh proud. God. That's that's like the the best part of my life is motherhood. Um, I'm so proud of the little person that he has become. Um, this other year, a child was getting bullied at school, and I can up to this tall boy to say no, don't do that, don't bully him. Um, it's not acceptable. the The other year, he wanted to do cornrows and they they don't accept long like long cornrows at his school, and this child went to the principal's office. So he said to teacher, teacher, can I please do this hairstyle? And teacher said no, and then he says, are you sure? And teacher says. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, no, you're not giving me the answer I want. We still laugh about it with that teacher. So he said, can I speak to someone else? He walked to the principal's <laughs> office. He came back with a slip, like a slip with the teacher's, um, the principal's uh, signature in red saying, Akanya Konya can have condros provided that they are neat. And that was, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like to say to a teacher, no, you're not giving me the answer. Can I speak to I'm, someone else? I'm not else? satisfied with this answer. No, <laughs> I'm sure there's someone else that can understand. Yeah, yeah I'm standing here. So yeah. that is the 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 highlight of of my life, and and of course my my career. Um, it, there was a time when I felt very stuck. I I um I'm, I'm like I've I've studied so hard to to position myself into roles that. Would do X Y Z, but I felt so stuck that I wasn't getting those. But but also I just reminded myself, you know, I believe in God's in God's timing. Um, so it it worked out in the end. And what many people don't realize is that I have I minutes mean, what probably ten years now of of working, but it's only now that I've found the past two or three years. Where I think I've found something that I've been looking for career-wise, um, something that wakes me up in the in the morning because I know I've definitely changed many entrepreneurs' lives, and I'm still going to continue doing so. But it was it has taken me so long. It took me when I did my postgrad, Akanya was three years old, and I remember having him on my back, you know, so that he sleeps while I'm doing assignments or having him, because, his, you know, children get restless when they can't mm. feel next to them. And Akanya is that touchy feeling child. I would remember I would put him on my back and then I would continue working or prepare for an exam the, the next morning. And and it's people people don't realize that I've gone through a lot of that before I, I, I came to to this Sheila that people know. Um so th- that has also been a highlight. Seeing seeing efforts from from years finally, uh, you know, uh, giving you the fruit for 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 the seeds that you planted a few years back. So that is definitely a highlight. Oh, a highlight is also building a house at home. How can I forget that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is also like, yeah, I'm so blessed. I I thank you for this conversation. Like right now I'm realizing that I'm not I've been reminding me, <laughs> reminding myself of the things that I've done. So the the house that my when I was growing up, my granny used to say, You are the child that is going to build me a house. Like you know, we would laugh about it. And I didn't realize that a seed was planted that, you know, we grow up in my maternal side in a mud house. But it was the most, it's where it's, it's a great example actually of how, you know, it's not about the materialistic things, it's about how you feel. A home is a home because you feel safe, you feel loved. And that is where I felt, I felt loved the most. And um, a few years after working, I saved up and I built a house, took some credit, but did it um, to, to like from a mud house to a big uh, cement house. That, that is definitely because now generations after me won't have to have that. But I did yes. it and it, it was more than just the money, honestly. It, it's mm. a beautiful feeling.
0: Oh, wow. No, that, 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 that's actually, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So we are actually at my favorite part of the podcast now. <laughs> where I get to ask my favorite question. Um, and the reason I ask this question is because of my favorite quote, which is be who you needed when you were younger. Yeah. You know, I know that you can't, you can never go back and change time, but I do believe that uh, when you were younger, there might've been someone you wanted to see or something you wanted to hear. Um, that someone out there today can use. Yeah. So, if you could go back and talk to younger Sheila, and it could be you at any age, what mm. would you say to her?
1: I I would say that it's okay. It's okay. You are safe. You you don't walk alone because I don't walk alone. I I believe in God. I believe in I believe in my ancestors that are of God. That is like my spiritual. Foundation, and I know that if if like a sixteen-year-old Sheila had someone had told her that and that she's enough, I, I feel like I wouldn't have perhaps walked through life with with fear that I'm always alone, that I always have to be guarded, that I I, I have to be careful all the time, because I think I missed out a lot on just living my life, like just waking up, be happy. I'm, I was always, oh, what are we gonna eat today? What is going to happen? There's there's always been that fear that I'm trying to to work around now. Actually that I'm 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 actually um healing from like just never feeling secure. Like imagine not growing with your parents and being raised by different people. So environment your environment is always changing Mm. Also that fear that, oh my gosh, maybe my uncle will think I'm a bad and so he's going to send me back to my grand and then I know when I'm at my grand's it's beautiful, we are happy, but there's always not food. Like we we don't have food. I always had bad, like having to prove myself that I'm I'm worthy, like please keep me. Um, you know. And um, that's what I went through also at varsity first year. I had this fear that I wouldn't pass and I would have to get out of race and go back to the township. And, you know, so like I would just say, it's okay. It's it's going to, to work out. It has worked out. Um, mm. But I didn't always believe that it would work out. There were times actually where I was like, you know what, as long as we have food, I don't see this thing working out, but it has it has really worked out.
0: Wow, yeah, no i that's 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 beautiful, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It will work out., mm. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, Sheila, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey with us. Um How can our listeners um get in touch with you or follow your journey? Um
1: I'm on Twitter, it's Miss Yabo, that's where I'm most active, and on LinkedIn it's Shilayabo. Uh I think if someone is adding me on LinkedIn, just add a bit of a message so I know you want to connect for for what? As you can know, LinkedIn can get very messy, the inboxes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I do respond to inboxes that make sense. I will not respond to inboxes because you do get weird inboxes. You're like, what? Um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Twitter is, is where I'm, I'm, I'm most active. Instagram, really, sometimes. Or you can just go to um, the Solution Spaces website and my, my details will be there.
0: Mm. Your journey is so inspirational and it, like, it really shows you that no matter what circumstances you come from, um, you can rewrite your story, you can define your journey
1: yes thank you so much for sharing it with us thank you so much to you too i feel like you you were sent to remind me of you know the beautiful journey that i've had like my my heart is filled with with gratitude right now so so thank you to you too
0: Thank you so much for listening to she brigade if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend you think will enjoy it too you can also share it on your social media and tag us at she brigade don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes we'd also love to hear your feedback so feel free to email your questions or your suggestions to info at or dm us on instagram or twitter at she brigade until next time bye